Hello everyone, welcome to the Forthright Gaming Podcast, making content for gamers by gamers. I'm your host Ian, and with me today is David. We, uh, we've been gamers since the 80s, and we decided to put together a podcast talking about our favorite games and why they're important. Today we're going to be talking about Left 4 Dead, a FPS, or first-person shooter zombie survival horror game that came out in 2008. Left 4 Dead has two main games in its series. Uh, today, more people are playing Left 4 Dead 2, uh, mainly since it has the most updated stuff, and they've actually taken all the levels from the first game and put that in that game anyway. So if you have Left 4 Dead 2, you might as well just play Left 4 Dead 2. You can play both games basically at once. Um, now, the original Left 4 Dead was developed by Valve South uh, and published by Valve when they were still making games. Um, it released for PC, Mac, and Xbox 360 on November 17, 2008. And then Left 4 Dead 2 came out a year later, and when I say a year later, I mean exactly a year later, on November 17th, 2009. Again, only for PC, Mac, Linux, and Xbox 360, no PlayStation release. I don't know who would be playing this on a Linux. Oh, that's, a, that's a weird addition <laughs> for the second game to get Linux release. It was part of the Steam expansion, you know. They were trying to think of uh, like the Steam OS, which was Linux-based. Oh, okay. So they, they were just trying to expand their whole brand. I'm, I was actually surprised. I was looking this up that there's no PlayStation release for this style. I didn't realize it was an Xbox exclusive and PC exclusive, basically. PC architecture was pretty close, whereas PS3 um, don't want to get too into PS3 processing, but it, it it used an entirely different way. It wasn't really good at multitasking at all. You basically had to tell it to process one thing at a time. It was really fast when it did that, but the problem is, is this wasn't approachable to developers. So the 360 was more PC like with, you know, the, the whole architecture itself. So it was easy for them to just kind of port it over. Plus Microsoft, right? Like who wouldn't want more of the PC games on, on a, on a console PC has more games than either platform ever has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> So what what uh, what was unique about this game at the time was that it threw you into the scenario with no backstory or setup. All right, when this came out, we had already had Dead Rising, uh, at least one, maybe even two. No, I think Dead Rising two came out uh, in two thousand ten, ten or a little bit later. Um, but you had Dead Rising. We've already had zombie games before, but it's always been the traditional slow walking, ever uh, nonstop, everlasting zombie of Resident Evil and whatnot, right? Um, but when this game came out. I won't say it's the first game at least I played that was like, oh, wow, these are 28 days later zombies that just rush at you and sprint. And then they threw in a few zombies with um, extra abilities, which made it a lot more unique and a lot different and kept you playing on your toes. Um, you play as four, one of four survivors that need to get extractions, uh, get to extraction point by the end of the level to escape is basically the basic premise of the game. But what I thought, what I also liked was that each level was set up like a B-horror movie with a movie trailer poster and it would say starring the cast of survivors with your character's name replaced with your gamer tag so it felt like one really threw you into the game didn't bother you with a backstory and just said okay get from point a to point b survive and that's basically what you do throughout the whole game <laughs> um in the left for dead brand there were it's kind of interesting left for dead brand has uh, two main video games, which is Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, which I talked about. There's a Japanese arc- arcade game called Left 4 Dead Survivors, where the only difference there was like Japanese threw their their slop of paint on it, where all the characters were related to Japan somehow, except for one. Like one was a Japanese college student visiting America on vacation. The other was a Japanese schoolgirl visiting America on a class trip. Last other one was a Japanese American tour guide, and then the last person is just an American bartender. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I saw that arcade. It. I wish they brought it stateside because it looked interesting. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a drink at Dave and Buster's and play that? Yeah, definitely. The uh, thing was, it was just all the same levels. The only thing they changed were the characters. I guess that was more appealing to play as those characters in Japan than it is the standard the ones that they came with the game. Uh, which were obviously very Americanized. You had your tech nerd. You had uh, the Vietnam vet. You had the biker. And then Zoe was just like a college student, I think, or something. I, I never, I mean, they never explained the story, so I never went online and tried to look up the story, because I'm, I'm just going to take their story, otherwise I'm going to get pulled in some fan fiction. Yeah, that's true, and the <laughs> thing is, with these games, they also told, they kind of told you the story of what was going on in the environment, so there was always uh, writing or graffiti on the wall of other survivors who would say, hey, we're trying to get to here, or we're trying to get to the airport, uh, or hey, stay away from the fat ones, they explode or something, something that gives you hints about the world, much like how um, they told the story in Portal, uh, where the environment told it, which is kind of very unique, almost to Valve, it would seem. Now, also, what I thought was unique, if if you got more into the lore of this game, because uh, also with their with their branding, they have a comic called The Sacrifice, which is a webcomic uh, that was released to connect the first game and the second game. But they also introduced a very interesting idea there that I don't usually see in zombie movies or in any zombie games, which is our survivors are not survivors. They're actually carriers of the infection. And anywhere they go, they're the ones turning everybody into zombies. And hence the reason they're always fighting zombies. Which was kind of a unique uh, twist on this whole zombie outbreak thing where it's not that you're surviving or you're immune to it. It's that no, you're a carrier and you're the one spreading it because you're trying to get away and get into more civilization. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the plot's always been very subtle. Like you said, it's a B-horror movie. So it's kind of just each film is like, hey, here's the Night of the Living Dead. But instead of it being in this you know town near a cemetery, how about we put it in the city? All right, in the first Left for Dead, there's like no mercy. You basically go up a building using the elevators and get to the top eventually for extraction. And then in Left for Dead 2, you know, you take more of the southern approach uh, – and it's supposed to be kind of in a New Orleans type of thing. You do go through the districts and, and nice areas of New Orleans. But their their plot was pretty thin, and the character story is pretty thin. So this is very much a game for people who just want gameplay as opposed to a narrative experience. I agree, but I also say that um, it's one of those things, like what Valve does. The game has a deep story in there. You just have to find it, but you don't have to know it to, under, to understand how to play it. So it's very quick to pick up. Um, now, dude, you're you're a bigger horror fan than I am, and you're the one that introduced me to this title. But what was it about, like the trailer or something that you saw on this game that made you want to play it? Um, I mean, four player co op. That's really what it is. Normally, if I play a game, even these days in 2021, I'm really playing it because I can have a social interaction while while playing with someone. You know, it's kind of like the whole adage of you know kids playing. It's like a good way to learn how how each of you thinks, and it kind of gives you an equal ground of, of uh, uh, like like a platform, if you will, to kind of exercise that play. And it's also like you said, it's approachable, right? It's pretty easy. It's like what jump, reload, uh, melee, shoot, <laughs> and the rest is run. So you're not sitting there like a lot of modern games nowadays having to explain how. I mean, I remember we we played Dead by Daylight. And you had to like run me through like a whole 15 minute tutorial, which the game doesn't give you. But in this game, I can hand it to like my wife. She's not a gamer. I can hand it to Brittany and, and she can play 
Whereas, you know, Dead by Daylight, you know, I had to do the same thing you did with me and kind of like, this is how you do this, this is how you do that, you know. So it's it's approachable, four-player co-op. Um, the atmosphere is good. The pre- it's really about the presentation and the experience. When you play with other people, there's something about, you know, we just we just played a match right now. There's something about you getting taken out and taken down and then me having to first figure out where you were and then pick you up. And it's like me taking all this effort to come and pick you up when I could just go on to the end and hope for the door to open. You know, I can I can play the game in so many ways. And it, it also makes things funny because some people do leave you for dead. And you're like, I'm right next to you, dude. Like, I'm going, you know. So you get these very unique experiences from an online standpoint that I don't think you could get anywhere else. And, and that was noticeable just from the trailers back then. Okay. <clears throat> I would say at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of horror multiplayer games. I mean, in 2008, we had uh, Halo 3, I think. We had... Um, Call of Duty, uh, at least the at least the first one. You said two thousand in two thousand eight when this came out. So we had we had multiplayer games out there, but they're always like, the soldier type of games. There were not a lot of games with multiplayer for that were horror based games, just because horror experiences are usually a story, it's usually a single player experience, something like that. Like you said, now we have more of them, like Dead by Daylight, which you know I basically have to give a, a little bit of a lecture on how to play that. And then other one that comes to mind is Resident Evil Resistance, I think it was, that came out with Resident Evil 3. Yeah. It was just Resistance. That, that one needed right? like a TED Talk to understand how to play it. Because it's like the <laughs> tutorial was like almost a half hour. I'm like, if your game has a tutorial that takes more takes longer, longer than five to ten minutes, your game is too complicated. You need to be able to explain the tutorial and the and the abilities and how to use them fairly quickly so players can just jump in and use them. Um, that's one of the things that would bug the hell out of me about games is that when you have either a tutorial that's too long or you're halfway through the game and then they finally start so- they start showing you new stuff. So you got like a tutorial again in like the middle or the last third of the game because they didn't show you everything yet. Yeah, I mean, Dead by Daylight, I think it was a good mix for a modern game because even though there's no tutorial, it's pretty easy to grasp, right? I think if, like you said, horror fans, right? In a horror film, it's usually going to be at the camp or like an old uh, psych ward. It's going to be some particular place. There's going to be one particular threat in general, and there's going to be the survivors. And that's kind of how it boils down to. And what actually I think made Left 4 Dead 2 also unique, um, not just with horror in general, because when you think of horror, right, you think you're not going to think humans versus humans. So you're not guns versus guns. So they took the different approach, which is asymmetrical combat, right? You're, you're playing 4v4, but only on one side is it humans with guns. On the other side, you know, you have the smoker who can shoot a tongue at you and grab you and lasso you in, right? You have the boomer you mentioned earlier. You can bomb it on you, and all the zombies are attracted to you. You know, you have all these particular characters that don't have the same weapons, but somehow it's still balanced. That was really unique at the time. Even now, it's still unique, I would even say. You know, Dead by Daylight's probably a more recent example I could think of, you know, especially since it's 1v4. Um, and it doesn't play as bad as Evolve. That's it. Because like the next thing is, is that Stu that made this, like I said, was Valve South. But before they were Valve South, I guess they were called <laughs> Turtle Rock. Valve bought them right before the game came out. They released it. And then they had released uh, Left 4 Dead 2 to a little bit of a controversy because this is also a time where people in the gaming industry, gaming industry as customers and even the game creators were just getting into what dlc is and like what's download content 
when the second game came out and they released it in 2009, a year later, a lot of people were upset thinking, hey, wait, is this cut content from the first game that you're just selling at selling to us for a full price? Or did you really make a second game? Because games aren't developed in a year usually. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I felt like when I played the second one, I felt like there were some bugs that were never fixed. Like there's all there since there's so much happening and you have tons of zombies that you running at you in this game. There are definitely times where you feel like, "Hey, I'm shooting, and my bullets aren't doing anything to this horde of zombie that are, that that's hitting me." Right? Um, I think they've improved that over the years, but I think when the game first came out, that was kind of frustrating. You could get surrounded, and your guns would do nothing, even if you just emptied out clip after clip after clip uh, against a horde. Like they would just run through it and hit you. Um, but after this, they then really Turtle Rock came back because Valve basically had bought them. Um, and then basically ended up shutting them down. The founders came back and reopened it after Valve dropped it, and they came back with, uh, like you mentioned, which was Evolve, which was basically kind of the same premise of, hey, here's four co-op players, but instead of going against another group of uh, enemies, you're fighting like just one Godzilla monster, um, which I think that game would have done better if they leaned more into like the creature feature horror aspect of it. Versus trying to push it as an eSport. Because like, it did not make it as an eSport at yeah. all. Yeah, that was a little bit of a weird one. You know, coming out the gates with that right after... Because Left 4 Dead was very beloved by the gaming community. But Evolve... Everyone was like, what... There is literally, if you buy everything in that game, like all the cosmetics and whatnot, I think it was like some ridiculous cost. I don't know, it was easily over $1,000. But, you know... Who's going to want to buy a game, you know, I mean, Dead by Daylight, I mean, it's funny, we, we kind of mentioned that game in this as well, where it's like, you can buy cosmetics, spend lots of money on it, but, you know, Left 4 Dead 2, very simple pimple, all the mods are free. You know, well, okay, let's re- let's rephrase, on the Xbox 360, you know, if you're going to pick this up today, which you can on uh, Left 4 Dead 2, is available on Xbox One and Xbox Series X, you can play it, but you're limited in that not all the DLC came out. And you mentioned bugs earlier. There was a patch that actually came out last year on only the Steam version, and that was actually a community-pushed one where they fixed animations, doors, you name it. They really put in a lot of work, and so you kind of get like a very perfected version um, of it. It's, it's hard to explain like the finesse level of quality you get on Left 4 Dead 2 nowadays, but it really is a polished experience now that is hard to compare to another game. And I think the big thing with it is, like, again, it's the ease of access, right? If you're watching Shaun of the Dead or 20 Days Later and your friends feel like, hey, let's <laughs> jump into a game, all right, Left for Dead, you just hand them the controller, they can know what to do, and you're shooting zombies almost immediately as you start the game. So that's that definite ease of access for you, where, um, like, Evolve, again, took a learning curve to, to play, and other stuff that Torok uh, has done... Um, kind of falls flat over or when people have clo- try to clone this gameplay type uh, like earthfall tries to cl- try to clone but make it versus humans versus aliens it just didn't work because everybody just compared it to left 4 dead 2 it's like well left 4 dead 2 runs better and has more shit on the screen there's no laws that let's just play that i already have that why would i pay 60 dollars for a shitty knockoff of left 4 dead and now troll rock is coming back with back for blood which is basically them doing another sequel for Left 4 Dead, but they don't own the rights to the name, so they can't call it Left 4 Dead 3. Um, where it seems like they've added a few extra uh, zombies with things like, 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 I think the big thing here is like they're adding giant, giant zombies, like 20 story tall uh, monsters that you have to fight. 
Um, which is an interesting thing, but I also po- kind of points out to me, it says like these guys at Torok, they're one trick pony. They only have one idea <laughs> and they keep trying to recreate it. And it's like, dude, move on. <laughs> Cut off the ponytail. You're not a, you're not a kid anymore. Make a new game. <laughs> I was thinking more, more a rat tail, like a nineties rat tail. It's like, it's time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if they can still pull it off, I, I think it's worth it. Cause it's kind of weird, but with the gaming industry, I would say a lot of it's kind of gone Hollywood, and you're kind of just getting similar stuff, right? The iPhone isn't that different from the latest, you know, Samsung Android phone. Uh, and you see that a lot with video games nowadays in terms of how they're made. I'd be curious to see what they're thinking in terms of, like, selling cosmetics, if that's really going to be an element. But they really haven't shown too much. But it'd be good to see a, a comeback of simplified arcade style games where you can kind of just like hand off the controller to somebody and maybe they'll get their ass kicked for like 15 minutes, but the learning curve isn't too steep for people to kind of just jump in and play. Yeah, I'd say the other thing Left 4 Dead did really, really well was be, even though you had your set levels and then you could uh, you get DLC to download some other levels or whatnot, and now mods on PC, people have made some crazy uh, new levels with it, but... Each level in the original game was very simple. It was a very obvious, like, movie setup. Like, everyone was always get from point A to point B to extract, but, like, you had No Mercy, which was the hospital. Uh, you have the carnival where you're actually, where you're at the town, the state fair, basically. Or now everybody's dubbing it Zombieland <laughs> because of the movie. Um, or, like, my favorite one was the airport one where you actually get to see these great set pieces in almost all the levels. Always happens. Dead air, yeah. Where like dead air has an airplane crashing at the air at the airport that you see crash and fall uh, fall out of the sky. Uh, there's a rock concert at the carnival. I think at the very end of that one, right? Dark yeah. carnival, yeah. <laughs> and like, and you can mod the sound too. So some people, I think the the funniest one to do is uh, they put in um rick and morty <laughs> song so it's like get swifty as you're you know getting your ass beat by all these zombies coming <laughs> it's all these songs so it's, it's it offers a lot yeah, so that's the thing it's like it was it, <laughs> even though it's very linear point a to point b the levels have dynamic things in it like if you shoot a certain car the alarm's gonna go off and you set off the horde you do this the horde's gonna show up they all have big set pieces which were always fun to watch and never were like really boring to go through and it's almost as you almost like with RPGs where people play basically play a game and they grind for hours and hours for a cutscene. You played for like ten minutes, got like a cool action sequence of a B movie, and then you got to go do another B movie for the next level. You might you got to go out to the farm. I think the cool dynamic there was that like you went to one end and you basically come back, but when you come back, it's raining and everything's flooded, so it kind of changes the whole dynamic of the game. Doing those things, the gamers, there's so much different stuff in Left 4 Dead. I feel like it set the precedence to do that for everyone else out there. But it also just is what kept that game alive and kept it moving. And then with people easily modding it now, we played through uh, Disneyland 1. Um, and we played through... <laughs> yeah, Journey to Splash Mountain. Played through uh, Resident <laughs> Evil The Hive from the movie. Somebody made that into an entire level. That was really cool. Yeah, I mean... If you're really talking about Left 4 Dead 2 in this time, it, you're really going to talk about the mods because you can play the standard map, sure. There is some stuff uh, you can kind of do to modify that experience, change the characters, change the textures, what, whatever you would have to kind of modify the aesthetic. But gameplay 
is really where it starts to get changed. Um, Journey to Splash Mountain, that's a really great map for people to play. If you just like Disneyland and you want to fight from the entrance of Disneyland. And you remember, we, you even saw that that cool part where we kind of touched on Haunted Mansion. You know, how cool yeah, was yeah, that? Yeah, like basically recreated <laughs> the first half of the Haunted Mansion ride. Uh, almost exactly, uh, which was really good. Um, I also think, like, the other thing is, is, like, back in the day, right, if you were a PC gamer and you talked about mods, that kind of scares off a console gamer because they're like, cool, this game has all these cool mods, but I don't want to deal with, like, injecting it into a hidden folder and this and that and trying that. But nowadays, with how Steam works, it's literally just, okay, I'll subscribe to this mod, or it installs itself and it works. So actually makes it way more approachable now if you if you're not a PC gamer just to jump in th- plug in your controller and you actually will get way more worth out of that game on PC than you would on a console. Uh, also console gamers they tend to every time we try playing console like we get kicked out of versus matches and, and whatnot like almost immediately. <laughs> We're here, people are just happy to play. Yeah, that is probably worth mentioning for people jumping in. When you play on Left 4 Dead 2 on the on the 360 version, right, on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X, you're kind of at the mercy of some of the mechanisms they had, for example, being outvoted. So if two people jump in your match and they're together, and for whatever reason they don't like you, they can just vote you out because it's two to one. So there's that sort of pain point with the game uh, community, really, in I'm not so sure if it's so much a console gaming community thing or a PC gaming community thing, but on the PC side, people tend to be a lot more generous and kind. You know, like we were playing earlier, there is these Steam servers, for example, where people can set their own mods, put it on a server, and it's absolute chaos. You're playing 13v13, and um, it's like literal war with zombies. And when we were playing, you know, we're being picked up by everybody. People are coming back using um, the paddles to revive us, right? Uh, really interesting experience with having the community kind of go that route. And I think it's a, that's what's, it's still, that's what makes it so easy to play today, right? I mean, it's, we're really talking about this because I keep playing. I know you're not as big of a fan of it, but to me, it's been a, um, a really great game and it's easy to show people even today. You could put mods on it and it's like playing a whole new game. Not many games really offer that type of experience in the ease of it. And I think the only thing, the only caveat I'll give this modding side, though, is like when you and I try to jump online, you have to figure out who has what and what's compatible. That's probably the only pain point. Like if I use certain mods on the zombies, like the special infected, you have to have those too. Otherwise, we start having conflict. Same thing with some of the weapons for some reason. Same thing. So that's probably the only nitpick I really have with the game today. But like you said, you just subscribe to the mods. You have it. You want to play Disneyland? Go look up Journey to Splash Mountain. Subscribe to. It. You want to play the the hot, uh, Resident Evil One film in Left 4 Dead Two form? Go look up the Hive and and subscribe to all five chapters of it. I mean, I could go on and on about the the campaigns and whatnot. There's a lot of good stuff there. I mean, the Game of Thrones, uh, the Wall is in there as a survivor map, right? Um, a lot of unique experiences there that kind of fits a myriad of horror cinema experiences and i think that's what makes the game so unique is it's really setting out to capture the horror cinema experience in video game format and i think they've actually done a pretty good job and the modding community has kept it up so it's even better yeah i agree definitely when it comes to like pc games i think pc gamers have a special appreciation uh the older game gets because they know the community is going to start dying down so 
they kind of embrace more community, for, especially for older games, because if you piss people off for trying it out, they're not going to come back and play it. Um, console gamers <laughs> tend, to, tend to think more short-term, not long-term like that. So that's just kind of what ha- how it happens. But, I mean, I think it's still fun to play on console with if you have friends you have, you can play with. The PC is, is a lot of fun to play. Um, <clears throat> this game is just so influential on how it changed the concept of a zombie game because before this, all we really had was Resident Evil and games like that that always made everything slow, creepy, and uh, relentless to where you get worn down because it takes seven bullets in the head to kill a zombie. Where here, no, heads explode with one two, with one or two shots, but you got 50 zo- other zombies coming right at you with these special ones wandering around too. So... Um, it was kind of, I could kind of see a pitch for this, be like, hey, take Resident Evil, and then, like, let's give all the zombies coke, <laughs> and put, throw some special zombies <laughs> in there, and then go after them. Like, that's kind of how this feels as far as a step up from what we had before. And people really do like this game so much that it gets paid homage to, like, in Dead by Daylight, there's a uh, skin to play as one of the characters from Left 4 Dead. Bill, yeah. Bill's in Bill's in there with perks that are also <laughs> Left 4 Dead designed. You know, it's really interesting. It, the love of him. Yeah, it's really like when was that game released? Too. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Daylight. I want to say probably 2015ish or earlier, maybe when I first played it. Um, and that was before they yeah. came up with all the DLC, which they've added. Which one of them is Bill? But and also what you do with that, they added Bill the full model, and then they put the other characters' outfits on uh, some of the other characters that you can play as. Um, there's Pixel Force, which was like a Left 4 Dead game that was made to look like it was released on the NES. I've seen mods of Left 4 Dead 2 <laughs> where it's all Minecraft. So it looks like a, a oh, yeah, Minecraft one. They had the Japanese arcade. There's um, No Mercy. They put that level in Payday uh, 1 and 2. And in Zombie uh, Army Trilogy, they actually let uh, PC did an update where you can actually play as the survivors from Left 4 Dead. So obviously, like all the games that have come out after this, and wanted to pick Zombie or be a horror shooter, have paid homage back to this, saying, "Hey, this was influential. Don't forget about Left 4 Dead," which is what we're talking about. Because I think when it comes to a zombie horror game, I don't think Dead Rising or I will think Left 4 Dead because. I can just throw in anybody's hands and they'll be transported to that world and they'll be fighting zombies immediately and understand everything versus the complications of other games, right? Or the slow burn that other games are because they're trying to build suspense versus just action. Yeah, it's not your JRPG type of game for sure where you're just going to get stuck in systems. That's actually the beauty of this game is it's... Once you kind of figure it out, it just kind of you can just ride it like a bike really easily. Whereas a car, you're gonna to have to spend a while explaining this to me. <laughs> but you know that's that's an upside and a downside depending on your approach. I'm more arcade style. You know, we we kind of had more an arcade bringing up Ninja Turtles, Simpsons arcade. That's kind of the bread and butter of our initial experiences. So we kind of want something more approachable most of the time. But it doesn't mean we don't want you know like Lost Odyssey on the 360. It's a really great RPG. Um, not as long as some of the Squaresoft ones, but still an enjoyable game. And, and you can get into that, but this is a, definitely a game for people like, if you like Battlefront 2, for example, right? The original Xbox version, not the EA, EA brand one. Um, that one was also a very approachable multiplayer game that's really enjoyable, really simple. Toss the controller and play. It's, it's really fun, and I don't know how many games are that, that easy to teach nowadays. It's, it's very rare even today and it's 
I mean, what, $10 on Steam, right? I think it's 20 bucks on Xbox One and Series X when you buy it these days. Yeah, you can always tell so it's not too bad when for your Xbox uh, thinks a game is really good is because how, no matter how old it is, it's a $20 360 game that they sell it for. It's like, come on, guys, this game's like over 10 years old. <laughs> it shouldn't be 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. We know it's that good. If, um, if I can buy Andromeda for $5. Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's good good price for the game. Um, I mean, I think for for I think the only pain point is the best experience is the PC is that's the best experience. And if you're a console gamer, it's a difficult leap going from one to the other. But the good thing is, is honestly, any crappy computer can run this. Like if you could take a computer that was made in the last two years at your office and then just put an SSD on that, and you're good to go. It's not going to be very demanding. I think that's actually worth mentioning for a lot of people too. Is that's a good budget game, yeah. right? Like you don't, you don't need a powerful machine to run it, and it'll look gorgeous with your very terrible machine. Oh yeah, it'll definitely run smooth. It's like, like I said, you don't need a thirty ninety video card or any of these crazy expensive stuff to build to play this. I mean, technically, this is a game that a out of box machine from Best Buy can play it just fine with and be easy to install and play, versus have, trying to build a gaming rig just for this game. This is definitely a classic game that you, that I think all gamers have in their library or should have in their library. If you haven't played it because, like, hey, you weren't into horror, you weren't into zombies or whatnot, I still suggest try it out. Um, it By all means, the game made in 2008, right? And it's 2021. So it's fairly old and it, it looks its age, but it is still a fun game to play because the mechanics are still there, the speed's still there, and there's definitely a skill level to have there. I mean, you're not running around with everybody being a master at this game. People get their butts kicked constantly. <laughs> so, like I said, it's available on Xbox. It's available on Steam. Steam's probably the best uh, place to catch it at. Um, please, if you haven't played it, pick it up, try it out, see what you think, let us know. Um, thank you for listening to our first podcast of the Forthright Gaming uh, webpage. You can find us at forthrightgaming.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at forthrightgaming. Um, and we'll have links to social in the description below. Uh, David, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, I also, we, we do co-host the Timeless Cinema Show, um, which I spearhead. And um, you can check us out over there. We're on Twitter at, at timeless underscore cinema. And uh, we're also on Facebook as uh, Timeless Cinema Show. Um, and we have a podcast which you could find as well on the on your essential platforms where you can download podcasts. But yeah, um, forthright gaming is uh, a new thing here that Ian's in spearheading, where he wants to really just bring to your attention the games that are worth knowing, even if you're just a person who's just kind of barely getting into video games. We're trying to keep it very approachable so that anybody can find something that's good, even people who are veterans. And there's a lot of good games coming that have come out that people have overlooked, and I think it's good to talk about them so that they, that modern age people, when they can play a game, can enjoy it. Because um, there's a lot of games <laughs> being made every day. Uh, definitely. So check out uh, our timeless, uh, timeless cinema podcast. You want to hear us talk about movies? Forthright Gaming is going to be our home for all our gaming content. Uh, you can also catch me streaming every Saturday at Forthright uh, Gaming on Twitch. Um, and at forthrightgaming.com, there's a link on our webpage that goes directly to the stream. So check that out. Uh, every Saturday, we stream from like 12 to like 2 to 3 in the afternoon, uh, hang out, ch uh, chat with people. Uh, so thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.
and we'll go out.